Welcome to Steadfast once again. I am glad to be with you as we begin a brand new series, God Reigns in the Rain. Over the next few weeks, we're looking at Psalm 5. And as we do, we're going to see David wrestle with what do we do when we come before God and we don't understand what's going on? What do we do when we come before God and it feels like it's just a downpour? Sometimes we have those moments where everything looks blue and, and the skies are beautiful and the weather's just wonderful. And then that downpour comes in and we wonder, what do we do? Well, God's word speaks to that. And that's what we're going to think about over these coming weeks. So let's go ahead and come before God in prayer, and then we'll dig right in. Let's pray. Father, we come before you as those who a lot of times don't really understand what's going on. We don't understand why things happen, why things come apart. Lord, would you help us to, to rest in you in those moments and to know that you are in control, that you reign, even when it seems like it's just raining uncontrollably. Lord, would you guide us and help us to see your grace even in those rainy moments, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In preparing to dive into this series, I found myself thinking back a few weeks. And if you've been following along in the last series, we did an on-location steadfast a few weeks ago where we were at the fair. And that fair, it was it was so exciting to see. I, I didn't really go in and, and I didn't go on the rides or anything, but just the beauty of the lights and, and you could see people going in and they were excited and, and it's joyful and, and you, you think about that, this fair, everything's going so well, except, except the fact that if you looked at that video and you thought, oh, that looks like so much fun, you probably couldn't have raced down there and gone to the fair because virtually every night was open other than the one that the Steadfast took place on. Every other night, it was downpouring rain. And so it was so sad driving by it. You'd see this beautiful fair, all these lights set up, all these rides set up, except the lights were turned off and the rides were stopped because it was raining. Isn't it interesting that so often when we think about those rainy moments of life, it's the fact that they come right in the midst of what looks like a happy, joyful time. When when things are coming together, here's a fair, here, here's these beautiful lights and, and all this joy that it should be bringing people. And now it just doesn't even look like a, a normal everyday parking lot with rain in it. Now it looks like a parking lot that's just despairing because here's what could have been, but isn't. It seems too often that happiness is just setting us up for, for a fall, for everything to come apart. And when we think about the life of David, we could say much the same thing. Now, if you know the life of King David, you, you know that there were certainly a lot of things that David didn't get right. A lot of times David brought on his own problems. And yet from the very moment he's anointed to become the king of Israel, uh, talk about a joyful moment, far more joyful than, than any fair. You're told by the God of the universe he wants you to be the king of his people. From the moment that happens, it seems like there's downpour after downpour after downpour. And David, as he writes Psalm 5, is reflecting on one of those downpour moments. We don't know precisely which one. David doesn't tell us. He doesn't give us specifics about it. I think that's because he doesn't want us to dwell on his specific moment. He wants to speak to what all of us can do. All of us can know before God when the rain comes. Preparing for this series, we've been going over the last few years on Steadfast, 
every few months we go into a psalm. We're on Psalm 5 now. And I thought, do I really want to do this now? Because we've done some series about struggling through difficult times and so on. One of the reasons I like going through the Bible in some sort of order, because my natural impulse was to think, well, maybe we shouldn't do this series right now. Maybe we should do something else that that doesn't seem so gloomy. And yet, why do we keep encountering the gloom in the Psalms? Why do we find in other places in Scripture, if we're going through in an orderly fashion and actually reading everything, why do we keep running into that? Well, because if we reflect on our own lives, we also run into those times. Yes, we have joyful, happy times. There's so much good in life, and yet we keep coming back to the the struggles and the challenges in our own lives. And so what does God do? He provides us in Scripture time and again reassurance that he understands and that he's there for us in those moments. That's what we find here. And so here we are. We're, we're going to go straight through the Psalms, and we're going to return to exactly where God wants us. We're going to to look at this psalm and hear what he has to say, because I think all of us need that assurance. And sometimes we're riding that Ferris wheel and that roller coaster and everything is going great. But that storm cloud is still off in the distance. And how do we prepare ourselves? Sometimes we're right in the middle of the rain right now. And and it can be hard to sometimes steady ourselves in that moment because we haven't been preparing ourselves. I believe that's why God gives us so many times of reflection in his word on the struggles of life, the struggles we bring on ourselves as we're unfaithful, and also the struggles of a broken world. Because he wants us, wherever we might be today, to know that he's there with us. Yes, God does allow rain in this life. He hasn't yet made things completely right again. Yes, we dwell in the brokenness of this world in this moment, but God reigns in the rain, and he wants us to know that, and he wants us to know that he is with us in it. And I think the first thing that we need to draw from that is what we see in Psalm 5, verse 1, if you want to take a look there. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. David says, Lord, I have something I need to bring to you. I have a struggle. I I had that fair moment, but now it's raining. I need you to hear. And it's notable that God wants us to know that we can bring our groanings to him. That, That word is not just some word tossed about. John Calvin, reflecting on this passage, said David didn't just love tossing out words. David isn't just throwing a word in because it fits. We should pay attention to the fact that he uses this word. And I think Calvin is exactly right on this. That's not just some random word. It's not just a dramatic word. David's saying, I don't even have everything formed in my thoughts. I'm not even sure exactly how to, to express how I feel right now, Lord, but please hear me. In, in the original language in Hebrew, that word is essentially just a gurgling sound. It's meant to sound like what it is. David can't form lucid thoughts. David can't form coherent essays about the suffering of life. He's not being a philosopher here. He's being a human being that's hurting. Like we often are. And in that, he says, I need to bring this to you, God. And we have the psalm to say, we can bring this to him. That we can take those unformed, just that that ache in us that we don't even know how to say, God, this is what I'm hoping is going to happen. This is how this needs to be solved. 
we don't have to be at that point yet. We can just come to God exactly where we are and say, God, help. I don't know what else to say. I'm just here groaning, Lord. But hear my groaning. King Hezekiah later on captured this beautifully in Isaiah 38:14 as he's reflecting on God's rescue from illness. He said, like a swallow or a crane, I chirp. I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Be my pledge of safety. Capturing that same sense, moaning, groaning, chirping. It's not the, the beautiful, eloquent statement sometimes we feel like we need to bring to God. It's just the ache of a heart. The sort of thing that we all feel, the sort of thing that, that wakes us up in the middle of the night and we can't get back to sleep, the thing that w attacks us the first thing in the morning or the last thing at night, and we don't know what to do with it. Take those cries. Verse 2, give attention to the sound of my cry. We take those cries, we bring them to God, and we know that he can hear. Now, notably here, David has this groaning, then he moves to that, that word cry, and as he does, he's not saying, okay, I was groaning, and I was groaning, and God couldn't hear me, so now I'm going to cry, I'm going to make a lot of noise so that maybe I can catch his attention. That's not what he's saying. He doesn't think that God's deaf, but but rather this groaning, this, this slow-burning pain that he's feeling is amping up, and we've been there. We we all know this time where, where what was just something felt unsettled or, or painful, but was just sort of simmering in our hearts, now is coming to a boil, and it just pours out, and he says, I'm bringing this to you, God, too. And whether it's that that quiet pain or that roaring loud hurt, we can take that to God. He hears us. We see that over and over again in Scripture. And we know from Scripture that God hears our prayers when we come to him. For example, if we turn to Romans 8, verse 26, Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Too often, we can't even, our, our groans don't feel like they're even capturing what we're experiencing, and our words feel so inadequate, but, but the Spirit knows what we're really facing. God looks into our hearts. He knows where we are, and God brings it to himself for us. He doesn't leave us there in that that draft stage, just waiting for the moment we can finally present it to someone who will listen. That's what we need to know. That, that's the starting point of comfort before God, is that God hears us even when we don't know how to express what we're facing. I started now, I was just thinking about this. It was in English comp when I was a freshman in college. 21 years ago, I started a novel. I, I, had the basic plot outline, and I wrote in some of my composition essays, we had to turn in an essay every week, and I, I wrote parts of it, several chapters of it, and the professor seemed to like it. And I thought, oh, great, I'm just going to keep rolling on this novel. And every few years I get a little time, I add a little bit to it. It's been a few years now since I last did that. I need to do it again. But I have this draft novel that's been sitting on my computer for 21 years now. And... I kind of know where I wanted to go. I have this draft of how I want it to be, but it's nowhere near where I want to present it to people. 
I'm not going to even describe the plot right now because it's too much of a draft. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want it to be inadequate. I don't want you to hear it and think, well, that sounds silly. I want to flesh it out and make it good and make it so that when I actually present it to people, people say, wow, this is a great novel. I used to like to joke, I'm going to write the, the great American novel, but it's not too great if it's just sitting there on my computer as a draft 21 years later, not going anywhere. And too often when we're we're aching over things, when we're confused over things, when when we're not sure why it's raining in our lives, we we have that draft of what we want to bring to God. We have that that novel of our life that we want to bring to him and we say, well, eventually I'm going to get this together enough I can actually present it to God. Maybe tonight you you haven't prayed in years or ever and you're thinking I do believe there's a God out there, but I need to get my drafts in order. I need to get it all cleaned up. And then I will come with a coherent message. And then maybe I'll start coming to the God of the universe. Maybe you pray to God every day, but you leave out the things that truly cause your heart to ache because you think, I don't know how to express it right. And it's just going to sound silly. God wouldn't want to hear that. What David's saying here is take your drafts to him. Take it before it's even in draft stage, when you're not even sure how to get out of your fingers onto the keyboard or, or out of the pencil onto the paper. Take it before it can even be formed into coherence. Take it before God. And sometimes it's okay to say, God, I don't know what to say now, but I know that you know. I know that you know, and I, I just want you to hear. It's okay to come to God with our cries and our groans. Sometimes we wait too long and we just allow it to burden us. We allow it to deaden us, to, to draw us away from him, where we say, I don't even want to come to his word because, yes, I, I see the psalmist. He can come before God and he can express it in this beautiful poetry. I can't. So why am I even reading this? What do we find here? People have speculated about exactly when David wrote this and, again, trying to figure out what the occasion was. But also, was he writing it in the midst of the occasion or later on? And and I tend to think that David is reflecting back a little bit. That he really did come to God and just cry and groan to God. Now he can reflect back on, on the truth of what was was going on in that moment. But he didn't have to wait until he could write a beautiful psalm, a psalm worthy of being included in God's word before he could come to God. When he says, consider my groaning, he's speaking of his exact experience that he really does come to God when it's just groans. He might be the psalmist. He might be one of the greatest poets that ever lived, and yet that's not how he always comes before God. And we don't have to be that either. It's okay to come, and it's okay to come right now. Because what do we know? We, we know not only that we can come to God, even when our needs, our hurts, our, our confusion is all just this messed up jumble in our head, but we can know the one to whom we come. That's what we see when we really pay attention to what's going on in verse 2 of Psalm 5. David says, Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. You see, David doesn't even form what he's struggling with here. He's groaning and he's crying, but he does know what's formed, and that is who it is that he's praying to. The, the, the recipient of the prayer he knows. To whom does it concern? It, it's the concern of God. God is the one who's going to hear this. And he's not just a God. He's not just some supernatural, ultra-powerful being. He's my God and my King. 
And that's David's cry, but our cry as well. God invites all of us to come before him and be able to say, my God, because he's our God. He's our heavenly father. He hears. And so David, as the king of Israel, David as the anointed one of an earthly kingdom can come and say, but the true God, the true king, the one who's really in control is the one I'm praying to. To whom am I praying? I'm praying to my king, to my God, someone who is powerful beyond all compare, but also can have that word my put in front of him because he's personal and knowable. He understands there's a relationship there, not just power. And crucially, crucially, unlike what David will do sometimes in his life and certainly his descendants will do and certainly what we do, David doesn't say, now I need to go find someone who has the power to solve this. He says, no, I'm going to come right now to my king and my God. He's the one who has the power to solve this. If this is written later in David's life, especially as his kingdom is developed, and, and certainly some of his psalms, some of his his deepest cries are, he could have taken his power as king and formed alliances with other earthly kings and said, I, I need your help. You have an extra uh, garrison that can come and help me with this this enemy that's causing me trouble, or or you can do some trade with me and help the economy, or, or what have you. And And as a king, sometimes those things are even appropriate, but... But what David knows most of all is that there's one who's truly in control. There's one who can truly make things right. It's not another earthly king. Not some kind of specialist. It's not some kind of wise person on earth. It's God. He's the one. He's the one for us too. We have to know what source to go to. Sort of like trying to get customer service these days. It seems like everyone I talk to, and certainly in my own experience, if, if something breaks, if you're your internet goes down or or your phone service or your appliances start breaking. We try to reach out to customer service for, for warranty support. We, we get overcharged for something and re, we reach out. How often is it we reach out and we don't get an actual solution? The, the customer service agent says, well, they'll open a ticket and they'll get back to us and then they don't. Or, or they offer a solution, but it's not really adequate. I think all of us experience this over and over and over again. Now, one thing I found is that Twitter, I suppose I should say X now, but that that platform is a great way to try to get a better response. So often if I, I tweet at a company that's not being terribly helpful and say, hey, I'm having this problem, suddenly, amazingly, no matter how long I've been on the phone, how many hours, I, I tweet and I get a response. Why? Because they don't want everyone to see these tweets talking about how someone's having trouble with their product or service. They, they then respond and there's a, a special line and they have special connections to the rest of the company and they can fix things. So often in life, we, we forget where we need to go, where we need to not tweet, but to pray. And, and we, we talk to people. We should talk to wise counsel. That's not a bad thing, just like we should call customer service, but we need to know who the real power is. Who really holds the control? And and yes, as the body of Christ, we help each other. But where are we helping each other? We're helping each other to turn our focus to the one who is actually the king, to the one who is actually God. And not just a king or a God, but our king and our God. 
It's important to come to God with our troubles. And that doesn't mean we stop talking to wise counsel. We're here as the body of Christ to, to bear each other's burdens. And there's oftentimes lots to be done to help each other on earth. I see that happen in our church and I see that more broadly as well. I know you do too. And, and it's not to, to discount that at all. But are we starting by coming to God? Are we continuing by constantly coming back to God? Sometimes the reason we go to, to other people is we don't quite know what to say. So we just say, well, I'm going to go talk to a person. I'll wait until I have it all right, and then I'll come to God. Or we say, I'm going to go to talk to people, but I'm not going to talk to God about this because it isn't important enough. But God hears us in our groanings. God is willing to hear us in, in our groanings. That's why he's given us the psalm that we can read and, and be reminded of that. And he's not distant. The, those Twitter agents care about what I'm saying because they want their company to be okay. God cares because he loves us. He's our God, our King. He's not just trying to check off a box. He's there because he cares about you. You can come with whatever you're struggling with right now. And over the, the coming weeks, as we look further into what, what David's wrestling with, we can know that we can come just as David did. Come even with our un form thoughts. We don't always know what to say, but we know to whom we can say it. That's the comfort we find in Psalm 5. I hope it's a comfort that speaks to you tonight with whatever it might be that you're carrying. Let's go ahead and place those things before God now. I'm going to give us a few moments of silence as we have our closing prayer and, and just give us a moment to come before God with whatever it might be that's burdening us. And then I'll go ahead and close us. Let's pray. God, sometimes we don't even know what to say. Even when we think we know what to say, too often it's not the right thing. If we tried to do it all on our own, if we tried to work everything out on our own, it would just lead to, to more rain. But Lord, we know that you care. You aren't just God. You are our God. You aren't just a king, a powerful leader. You are the king, but also our king. So as we place these things before you, Lord, we, we place them before you asking that you would direct our hearts, that you would comfort our hearts, and that you'd also help us to comfort others around us, and that when we do share burdens as the body of Christ, that in that we wouldn't forget that we bring them to you. And that we seek to, to help each other with your guidance. And we come back to you time and again. And sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes we don't know what to ask. Sometimes we don't know what to say to someone else when they need comfort. But we know that you always know. You're always there. So we pray, Lord, that for your comfort tonight, tomorrow, this week, this year, and throughout life. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I hope this was a comfort to you. And as we go through this series, I hope it's a comfort to you over and over again as we go through this psalm. We're going to go through it through the month of September, and it's going to come to some high points in the psalm and some low points. It's going to come to things that seem terribly wrong and to things that seem right. 
And in that, we're going to see a picture of life. So as we wrestle with this together, let's come before our God, knowing that he is the one who hears. And, and as we do that, I'd encourage you, you probably know someone else who's hurting. Invite them to, to join in next week. Share this video and say, please come back next week, because we could all use that encouragement. We could also use the encouragement that God is directing us throughout life, not just in the rainy moments, not just in uh, problems here and there, but throughout the entirety of life, he has a blueprint for us. And that's what we're going to be thinking about over the coming weeks on Sundays. And I hope you'll join us also. It's live streamed and also in person on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. And we're beginning a brand new series, Blueprint Church, starting this coming Sunday. So please plan to make time for that as well. It'd be great to see you in person or in our online chat with our online church family. It is such a blessing when we get to come before our God together and lay our burdens before him. If you have any prayers, any questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can go ahead and shoot us a text at the text line on screen or leave a comment in the comments below and we can pray for each other. We can talk through things together because we do. We are here to comfort each other and encourage each other. We just remember where that comfort and that encouragement is rooted and it is in our King and our God. And he's with you today. He's with you this week. And I hope you have a blessed week knowing that. And I can't wait to join you again next week.